Hello there, Aaron Cloutier here, and welcome to episode number four of the Song Ranting Podcast, where I take listener questions from social media and my mailing list and do my best to be of service when it comes to everything that is songwriting. So today I have a really good question regarding song structure, and basically it's along the lines of, are there different types of song structures? Do they have names? Can you break those down? That was pretty much verbatim, I think that's what the question was. So in order for me to talk about song structures, I think I need to go back and just define what parts make up a song, you know, as far as like what makes a verse, what makes a chorus, that sort of stuff. So I really want to begin there. And if you're just starting out with writing music and you are kind of hitting a wall with things, if you're experiencing writer's block and you want to get some strategies on how to kind of power through that and just stay in the creative flow of things, I put together a free checklist that you can grab the link in the description, which just takes you through some simple steps to get you from I don't know what to write to, oh cool, I have this finished idea and now I'm rolling with it. So if you're interested in that, grab that. Ties in with what I'm gonna be talking about today and uh, it'll help out a lot. All right, so today I just wanna break down all of the individual song parts that may or may not show up in a given song, depending on what structure you're going to use, just to help navigate what's going to happen in the next video. So this is gonna be a part one of a part two series. So starting with the intro. So the intro to a song basically sets the tone and just gives the listener some kind of idea of what to expect. And it can be something that's actually featured in the song, like maybe it's a verse riff, or maybe it's even a chorus. Uh, a couple of examples that come to mind, right? If it's like, you know, a verse riff, Communication Breakdown from Led Zeppelin, right? Where it's like dun 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 That riff repeats throughout the verse, right? But that kind of sets the tone and lets you know, okay, so this is going to be a very, you know, fast paced song. It's um, very driving and it doesn't really change, right? Uh, other times, you know, it could be something that never repeats. Um, the song Paranoid from Black Sabbath, right? Great example of that. That iconic intro riff, right? The ding, 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 bill, deal, deal, deal. That never repeats. It's just, it's in the intro and that's it. Another type of intro could be the use of vocals, like vocal harmonies, vocal melodies all combined together. So, for example, Fat Bottom Girls by Queen, right? They sing the chorus in the intro, but there's no instrumentation other than the voice. And what's, it's really cool because all of your attention goes there. And then once the chorus finally hits later on in the song with the full band, it, it, it has this really cool effect of like, oh yeah, I remember that thing. And now it's even cooler now because it's just so much bigger. And that's what a really good intro can do. Another good example of that would be like Carry On My Wayward Son from Kansas, right? Same type of thing. Okay, so now I wanna talk about the function of the verse. And just keep in mind, I'm speaking from a very contemporary standpoint, right? There is no hard and fast rule when it comes to any of this sort of stuff, but this kind of follows what happens with a lot of contemporary bands. Um, so just keep that in mind, use it as a frame of reference, and then do your own thing with it. But uh, typically, the role of the verse is meant to be the story. Like it's meant to kind of tell the tale behind the, the subject matter that you're trying to convey overall in your song, right? So let's say that um, the song is called I Am Cold, right? I've used this example 
<laughs> more than once, but it's, it, you know, it works. So let's say the name of the song is I Am Cold, right? And in the verse, you could say something very typical like, you know, uh, my hands were cold. It's very boring. Uh, it's very to the point and it doesn't make for a good lyric, right? But if you use some kind of imagery where it was describing the feelings of being cold, like my hands were red and raw, right? Or, you know, like I could feel myself shaking, like something to describe the feeling of like being able to not control your shaking, something like that. That immediately conjures up like images, memories in people's minds of like what it's like to be outside when it's really cold, you know? It, it, it tells you what's going on without specifically saying, hey, this person's cold. It's like, you know already. So that can be a great way to convey the story is using lots of imagery. You can do the opposite as well. And you could just be very, very descriptive. You could even come at it from the perspective of a narrator, right? I've done that a lot with a, like a ton of songs for clients where, especially if it's, you know, a song that is romantic in nature, maybe it's an anniversary gift. I do a lot of those types of songs, you know, on commission and, um, you know, they want their story to be told. So you have to be a lot more direct, especially if they have things that they need to have included in the song. So that's, that's like the other way to look at it is you can take the role of a narrator and just talk about these people. And then, um, it just makes, you know, doing it like that actually has been very liberating because I usually write in a, a very vague framework. It, a lot of things like maybe I'll just have a collection of words and, you know, something will hook me and then I'll try to riff on that a little bit, but I won't string together a very cohesive narrative. Even if I know that this handful of words makes sense to me, like I know what it means and I know what I'm trying to say with it, probably very few people, <laughs> very few people will know what I'm talking about. But I, it really all depends on what kind of a project it is that you're working on, right? Um, the stuff that I write on my own is meant to be pretty vague because it's just something that I grew up listening to. I, I grew up you know, interpreting lyrics a certain way. And I never really wanted to know the meanings of other people's songs because it meant something very different to me. And I didn't want that to be ruined by, you know, learning what it was really about. Um, that's me though. So one trick I would recommend you try out when you're writing verses and choruses, but specifically the verses is using what's called object writing. So there's this guy, his name is Pat Pattison and he wrote a book called Writing Better Lyrics, and he talks about this whole concept of, you know, first thing in the morning you wake up, you just look around your room, look around your house, your apartment, wherever, pick one object and write about that object for five minutes straight. No stopping, and you want to be writing from the perspective of all five senses. It's a great exercise just to kind of get you out of that very literal sense of writing. And uh, it makes for some really, really effective verses. I highly recommend you try it. Uh, speaking of, of Pat, um, I met him one time and we were talking about ways of, of writing songs. And uh, I, being immersed in the world of heavy metal, um, I wanted to try writing lyrics from a slightly different perspective than what I, you know, what I had been exposed to with you know bands going down like the evil route and 
you know, talking about death and war and Satan and all of that sort of stuff. Um, I, that wasn't really my vibe. So, you know, he offered some really great advice and he was just speaking from a very contemporary standpoint, but he said, you know, you have to show and tell. And what he meant about that was you have to show with the verses and then tell with the chorus because the chorus is kind of like the grand statement of the song where the verse is there to support it. Okay. So if the, if the song is called I'm cold, right? That's the chorus. I'm cold. <laughs> that's the chorus. And the verses are just there to, to support that, that meaning just to, to, lay out all of the the story the the um description of everything and just being like you know it could talk about you know a frozen landscape or you know it, it was uh, a cold day in alaska the heart of december blah 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 whatever it's going to be right so show with the verses tell with the chorus speaking of chorus let's talk about that next Okay, so let's talk about the chorus. Now, once again, generally speaking, okay, if I'm speaking from a contemporary, you know, even pop song standpoint, and you can, you know, include whatever popular genre that fits into the category of pop, which includes, you know, everything from hip hop, country, rock, etc., right? The chorus is going to be the biggest part of the song, right? The catchiest part of the song. Um, the most simplified part of the song as far as the melody goes and it may or may not have the most instrumentation if we're thinking about it from an arrangement standpoint all that sort of stuff so it is the focal point of the entire song it carries the overall lyrical message and it's the part that people instantly recognize right it could be the section of the song that contains the most hooks it could contain the title and it's very different from the verse in more than a couple of ways so musically right typically speaking the verse is a lot more subdued in everything from arrangement to even dynamics right so maybe you'll have if it's kind of like a you know typical pop song right you might have some you know, stripped down instrumentation, drum, bass, uh, vocal, maybe it's softly sung. The guitar is there, but maybe it's just doing some kind of like muted thing where it's not being played very hard or anything like that, but everything's kind of subdued. Because if the energy is all the way up to 11 during the verse, then you really have nowhere to go once the chorus hits and then things kind of get boring. So dynamics come into play big time when it comes to writing a very effective verse versus chorus, right? Because you want things to be very, very uh, dynamic, for lack of a better term, right? You want to have good good dynamics throughout. You, you want to break up the monotony as much as possible. And like before, how I was saying that you show with the verses, right? You tell with the chorus. And if the melody is you know really, really complex and the lyrics are like just like filling up pages and pages for the chorus, it's probably not gonna be the most memorable statement that you're going to make, right? Ideally, you wanna have a simple melody that's very catchy. I like to use a lot of repetition as far as notes go because those will really stick in the listener's head. And, you know, just keeping your statement short and simple because otherwise, you know, you're writing a verse, okay? So that's the chorus. 
Okay, so now that we've got verse and chorus established, I wanna talk about the pre-chorus, okay? Um, having variety is really, really important in good songwriting, right? And part of that is building tension because the chorus being the big payoff that it is can be that much bigger if you have enough tension before it. And that is where the pre-chorus comes in. The primary function of the pre-chorus is to set the listener's ear up for that big payoff that is the chorus, okay? It's gonna be using different chords from the verse and the chorus, okay? And it's meant to just be a complete departure from everything that you've heard before. It's, and I, in particular, love ending things on a five chord just because that's one of the most tense chords in a chord progression and really helps to serve building that, you know, really tense feeling that immediately just resolves itself once that big chorus hits. So pre-chorus, super handy to have to break up the monotony in the song and just really helps to bridge the gap between a verse and a chorus. All right, so next is the bridge. And the purpose of the bridge is meant to be as a, a palate cleanser, if that makes sense. It's meant to just be a break from everything that you've heard in the song before it. And it happens right after the chorus. And usually it only happens once, but sometimes it can be brought back at the very end as well. Um, you know, for any uh, fellow death metal fans out there who are familiar with Morbid Angel, this is just what comes to mind. Uh, but there's a song called Dawn of the Angry. And there's this really cool riff that happens during the solo after the second chorus that uh, happens again at the very end of the song without the solo. And it almost sounds new and familiar at the same time. It's weird. Uh, but it can be a really, really effective way to end a song. And like a pre-chorus, right? It uses different chords. It's meant to just kind of help you to forget about everything that you've listened to so that once that final chorus is brought back in, you're like, wow, okay. You've already heard the chorus two times before this. So by the third time, you're like, oh wow, there it is again. I really like that chorus. So like the pre-chorus, the bridge is super, super handy in, you know, providing some nice relief to, you know, break up the monotony of things. And you know, there are entire song structures that are built out of just you know, a verse and a bridge, and it works. And we're gonna get into that in the next video, but in the meantime, let us continue. I wanna talk about the outro and the refrain. So the outro is very similar to an intro, right? It could be the exact same thing as an intro. It could be something completely new. It could be anything from, you know, just a single note with a kick a snare and a crash, like, right? Um, a really cool outro that comes to mind is um, TNT from ACDC, where they just keep ascending chromatically and um, they keep increasing in speed as well. So they keep subdividing the beat and getting faster and faster and faster going up the neck, super tense until everything explodes at the end, right? That's, you know, that doesn't happen throughout the entire song. That only happens at the very end. And that's a really cool outro, right? Sometimes, you know, things could just be a repeating chorus, you know, with if you're in the studio, right? If you sprinkle studio magic all over it, you have the little fade out. And it can really be anything that you want it to be. And lastly, I want to talk about a refrain. So a refrain is very similar to the bridge, but oftentimes it's a lot shorter. And... Um, 
you know, it's meant to be just a quick little departure. It basically serves the same purpose as the bridge, but it's just a little bit more concise. All right, so those are all of the components that you can use to make a song, right? So that's a lot to chew on, right? So what I recommend you start with is just make some hard decisions on writing a song. Just sit down to write a song. It doesn't have to be a great song. It just has to be a finished song. The act of actually doing is so, so important and so powerful because you need to start building that confidence and you can only do that by doing. You can only do that by, you know, finishing things. I can't tell you how many times I've left pieces of music unfinished and then I would just kind of feel guilty about it. And then I would start to think like, you know, oh God, you know, I'm a bad songwriter <laughs> just because I can't finish the song. So no matter what, just commit to finishing something. What I recommend is write everything out, decide on how long you want your song to be, decide what components you want to include in the song. If it's gonna be you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, or anything like that. Is it gonna be three minutes long? How long are the verses and the choruses and the bridge going to be? How many bars is the verse gonna be? You know, things like that. It's really important to keep that in mind. Um, just for example, I would take a standard pop song structure, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. I would use that as a template and then I would, you know, color in between the lines. I would get, you know, I'd try to get as creative as I could with it to make it not sound um, typical or you know, too predictable. I would always insert like these little, you know, musical refrains. Maybe it's just like this quick little instrumental break in between the verse and the chorus or after the chorus, things like that. I would be big on, you know, keeping everything very straightforward up until the bridge. And then the bridge would be where I would really explore things and just let kind of the, the stream of consciousness go and see where the music took me and, and you know, it would get a little, you know, proggy. So that's something I would do all the time, but I would always make sure to bring it back to something that was familiar to get me out of that whole meandering, um, you know, journey part of the song. And again, I just used that very standard verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge structure to get me started. So I recommend you do that. Write everything down, select how long it's going to be, what you're going to use, decide on your key, decide on tempo, all of that sort of stuff. And if you're stuck for ideas, grab that free checklist that I have in the link in the description and just f use it to, to help you with this every step of the way. I'm telling you, you will get results if you follow those steps. It's super actionable, it's just bullet points. So if you download it and you just write out your plan of attack there and just follow along and just be like, all right, so I need to come up with something for the verse, come up with something for the chorus, it'll help out. So if you're already, you know, getting into writing songs, I'm just curious as to what types of structures do you like to use when you're writing songs? Do you often find that you, you know, gravitate to the same type of structure? And are you looking to kind of break out of that? What do you do? Let me know. Let me know in the comments, uh, just because I am obsessed with, with structure. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to find new ways of incorporating outside structures or outside influences for that matter into the genres that I like to do. So I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So let me know. And thanks for watching. Part two is around the corner. So I'll see you there. So